Welcome to Ethereal Underground. This is episode 18, and I'm your host, TNT. I did uh, an episode 18 last week, but with the computer software glitch, I was not able to load it, convert it to an MP3 file, and upload it on the different uh, podcast platforms. And I I tried several ways, but couldn't figure it out. I'm not completely computer savvy. I'm not a IT tech, so I couldn't figure it out. It was a good episode. Maybe, I think it was 38 minutes, somewhere around there. But it is what it is. So got a race. This is the new episode 18. And we'll see how this goes. The series I did on the Outer Limits Rogue News platform, that Rogue Rogue News uh, TV Twitch, was pretty good. The sixth series episode was to lay a foundation. And then the seventh episode, which was this past Monday and next week's episode, kind of goes into solutions or what are we to do now when I explained in detail maybe the predicament that we're in as far as human society. The presentations I give, these podcasts, the interviews, I had well over 400 videos on YouTube. That's all gone. And I have maybe close to 150 to 200 on Odyssey, Radioactive Banana. But the purpose of the videos and the podcasts is explain a different perspective, a way of looking at life by means of field theory versus atomic theory. And it takes definitely takes a while to get used to. The concept of field theory, it's far-fetched, completely different than what we're taught. So you, you can't automatically worth just gravitate towards it and things click and it makes sense. It takes time because it's, it's so foreign and different. It takes time to understand field theory. But once you do, there's, for at least especially my perspective, there's no question that's far superior in understanding, describing how life works versus atomic theory. And in life, I'm also talking about consciousness, how consciousness works, thought, the thought process, heaven or counter space. And then at death, is there hope of any kind of life or consciousness after death. I think field field theory does a much better job explaining it than atomic theory. Now, atomic theory, which is the major teaching, it's it's virtually 99.99% understood. It's all schools and all academia is taught atomic theory. So that's pervasive among humanity. So when you come along and go, hey, here's a different way of looking at life and reality, it's literally an uphill battle. And a battle, if you want to use those terms, a a battle you're not going to win. 
you're not going to get 100% conversion. You're not even going to get 1% to understand or even give it enough consideration to ponder it, not even 1%. So it's pretty dismal. I think those throughout history that have understood field theory or currently now, the handful like me, it's extremely difficult to use that as a platform. In fact, some people would say, what are you, glutton for punishment? There's no way to win. There's no way you're going to get mass adoption. It's, it's kind of futile. And I would probably agree with that. A lot of times I look in the mirror and I think of myself, I go, what are you doing? Is this an efficient use of time and energy? You know, it's not going to affect virtually anyone. Are you glutton for punishment? So I, I go round and round. I don't, to this day, episode 18, I don't know what the answer is. There's a strong possibility I absolutely have wasted my time and I should be using my time and energy elsewhere. If I do come to that conclusion, then I'll stop these episodes and in, in the interviews and then I'll just have to chalk it up as an experience losing precious time and energy. But that wouldn't be the first time that I've done that where I've had to learn things the hard way or reflect and realize I was on a course that wasn't the best. So I don't always have all the answers, and I'm not necessarily the sharpest tool in the toolbox. But in in relation to the Outer Limits episode, in, in Counter Space, which I had shown in those videos, is connected... You enter or exit counter space through the hyperbole hourglass configuration, and the donut, the toroidal donut, is the magnetic portion, the yin and yang. You have the magnetic field and the dielectric, which is a hyperboloid hourglass. One can doesn't exist with the other. Technically, the hyperboloid dielectric existed first, and then the magnetic field, or the donut, toroidal shape, becomes manifest. And humanity, this, our universe, our reality exists in the magnetic, not the dielectric. But if you enter the dielectric and reach the event horizon, you can enter counter space, which ancient texts say is heaven. And there, that's the energy levels off the chart. It's not able to be described, nor its size. In the episodes on the Outer Limits, I had shown there, there's math. It's not too complicated, but there's math that explains on, on this side of counter space, in the donut, the toroidal magnetic field, we have our universe. And in... in proportional studies, our universe can fit inside a sugar cube, the old-fashioned sugar cube, if you're old enough to remember those in the diner. And the current universe fills up, oh, I don't know, 60%, 67% of that sugar cube our universe. So this is a scale 
So picture a little uh, one sugar cube, and then our entire universe fits inside this sugar cube. Now, if you were able to enter, you and I were able to enter counter space through the hourglass hyperboloid at that pinch point, and we entered counter space, as soon as we went inside counter space, there would be an infinity, an unlimited number of sugar cubes in counter space. So that puts it to scale because you'd think, holy cow, you mean our massive universe can fit inside a sugar cube, and there's still some room left for expansion, but counter space has an infinity, unlimited number of sugar cubes, and that the answer correctly would be yes. So it would, if our minds can comprehend the immensity of that illustration, it would show how large heaven or counter space is versus our known universe in the magnetic field. We're, we're just a blip on the radar. But from our perspective, this universe is huge. It seems to be never-ending. It's expanding. And we could literally live forever and still be able to investigate this massive universe. And that is correct. So so basically, I, I hate to, I'm jumping right out into such abstract thinking. I, I apologize for that. I, I should have led up to this illustration better. But these videos or these podcasts are free. So it's not like you can get your money back if you don't like this episode. But you and I, the, the, the human configuration and the way our consciousness works, we could live forever. We could live for all eternity inside this one sugar cube, which is our known universe, and it still has room to grow. The sugar cube is not completely full. We can live for all eternity in this one sugar cube and never be bored, never reach the end of discovery, never reach the end of experiences, which is phenomenal. So we really don't need to worry about the fact that there could be other sugar cubes in existence. We can spend all eternity in this sugar cube and do just fine. And that's what the plan is, at least according to the ancient texts that we'll be able to experience consciousness and life in a holographic universe, but we can do so in this one sugar cube and never reach any dead ends, have unlimited possibilities, even though theoretically and correctly, there are an infinity of sugar cubes. Well, it doesn't matter that we're not in a different sugar cube. This particular sugar cube, our known universe is plenty sufficient, marvelously designed, never going to be boring to, to have forever consciousness, to be able to live forever. So what I want to mention in this episode is in our configuration, the human design is, is very clever. We're full of DNA, so we're a plants and animals or organics, but our DNA is designed, the DNA can act both as a receiver and a transmitter, but our DNA is tuned, it's able to receive electromagnetic energy that comes out of our sun. What does this electromagnetic energy coming out of our sun come from? In field theory, 
it comes from counter space. Atomic theory, you, you're told that the sun is a gas giant. There's helium, hydrogen fusion reactions. But that's, the diff- that's one of the many, many, many differences between field theory and atomic theory. But in field theory, stars, like our sun, are, all they are is basically the end of fiber optic cables. So our sun has a connection to counter space and energy, electromagnetic energy, with data attached to it, leaves counter space and enters our realm, in our case, our solar system, by means of the sun. So there's a lot of information, electromagnetic energy frequencies coming out of the sun. Our DNA as a human is designed and it's tuned to pick up some of that signaling coming from the sun. There's a lot that comes out of the sun. We don't necessarily need to pick up on X-ray and gamma ray or microwave. Our DNA can certainly pick up AM, FM, the, what we would call the radio frequencies, infrared, we can feel warmth, radiant heat, visible light spectrum with our eyes, and certain aspects of ultraviolet. So our DNA picks up data, electromagnetic energy streaming out of the sun. Well, according to field theory, there would have to be something like a God, source, or divine. There has to be some type of intelligence in counter space and energy that's producing a signal, electromagnetic energy, and has data attached to it. We're at the other receiving end that comes out of the sun. We have DNA that picks up this. Well, our DNA, when we receive the signaling with data attached to it, electromagnetic energy from the sun, our DNA is able to convert that into a holographic reality, what we call life. If that communication were interrupted, if the sun went dark and there was no more transmission from counter space into our solar system, we wouldn't exist. We have to have that constant streaming coming in that our DNA picks up and in our DNA. So let me put it this way. A movie is being streamed from counter space or heaven. The movie is being streamed, comes out the sun, and our DNA is picking up that streaming movie and playing it. But this is a very advanced movie because we're able to interact with the movie. And unlike today's technology, we don't have to put on special glasses to give a 3D effect. Our DNA and our neural network creates a 3D reality. So we're living and interacting in real time with a movie that's streaming from counter space. And the projector is the sun. If that streaming stops from counter space or something happens to the sun, then the movie stops broadcasting. Then we go dark. There's nothing for us to experience. In addition to that, as this movie is streaming and we're we're a part of this movie we're interacting with this movie in real time and we we have a 3d experience what, what whatever we observe in our thought processes that also our dna transmits that back into counter space so there's a loop there's a closed circuit loop 
That's why in Counterspace or Heaven, everything that happens in this reality, in this realm, gets recorded. You can't do anything here in secret that Counterspace is unaware of. Because it's, a, it's an energy pass-through, and the energy that passes through us when we have an experience, I keep using the illustration, I like to use it, a hot fudge sundae. When you eat a hot fudge sundae, there's a lot of mechanics going along. There's a lot of electrochemical and then their neural network processes, you have a hot fudge sundae and you go, oh, that was delicious. I mean, the, the vanilla ice cream was fantastic. The, the, the consistency, the temperature is very creamy. The hot fudge was spot on. I love the, the real whipped cream and the crushed nuts. That was a delicious hot fudge sundae. Well, that experience is recorded in counter space. It's impossible for it not to. But... Getting that hot fudge sundae in the first place was also a, a product of the outbound movie being broadcasted or the electromagnetic energy because everything used to create that hot fudge sundae comes into existence because the sun was functioning. Right? So, so to have vanilla ice cream, I'm not a world-renowned chef, so I'll just try to... To, to have a hot fudge sundae, to, to have ice cream, you have to have, what, cream, dairy, coming from a milk. The cow can't exist unless the sun exists. And what's the cow eat? Different grasses in its digestive system. So the grasses can't exist unless the sun. And then you have salt. Salt's part of, part of the earth, a, a mineral. And then whipped cream, nuts, peanuts, or if it's uh, walnuts, that's a product of a plant which exists through the complexities of the soil, the microorganisms in the soil, and then the water, rain, the nitrogen cycle, all fueled by the sun. So we can't even have the hot fudge sundae unless the sun is in existence. But then we experience a hot fudge sundae, have an emotion to it, an experience, and then that, or DNA, sends it back to counter space. So we, we have this infinity loop. That's ultimately how it works. Now, what I've been proposing for many years is the system engineers, which I'd say are the bad guys, that probably don't have our best interests at heart, or the, the mindset that they're, they're godlike, they feel that uh, they've been bestowed with blessings and riches, that they should make decisions for humanity. And from their perspective, they're doing the right thing. But the agenda, whether it's right or wrong, let's I'll keep this portion neutral. The system engineers who have the resources, their plan, we've heard about depopulation. There's a lot of talk that the earth is overpopulated, that earth, humanity and the earth would do much better if there was, I'm not saying this, they're saying this. The earth, humanity, the earth would do uh, do much better if there are less people, manage the resources better, less pollution. And there's technologies now where they can alter the DNA, which again, remember, the DNA is a receiver and a transmitter. They can alter the DNA of humans. They can alter the DNA of animals and plants. And then now they know through nanotechnology, they can send signaling electromagnetic frequency signaling that their technologies, their DNA, 
humans, plants, and animals can respond. So they figure out a way that they they can also stream a movie. But it's a different movie than what's coming out of counterspace. They can stream a second movie that you and I, plants and animals, can pick up that transmission in a whole different reality we will experience, we can react to, or we can have a, a part in reality. The question is, if two movies are streaming, one's coming from counter space, the ancient texts say heaven, from an ancient divine God source, almighty, or there's a second movie streaming, and that's a product of satellite distribution, 5, 6G, Silicon Valley, nanotechnology, Monsanto, Bear, DuPont, GMO, genetically modified organisms. They're streaming a movie. Which movie do you want to watch and participate in? Which movie theater do you want to be sitting in? Because you and I have DNA. We're designed to receive a movie streaming we interact with that movie, and that becomes part of our reality. So now there's two movies playing, two different movie theaters. Which one are you sitting in? Are you watching and participating in the movie coming from Counterspace, which ancient texts would say coming from God, the divine? Or are you participating in and sitting in a different movie theater, a different reality, but it's a Silicon Valley? It's Fortune 100 companies. It's graphene oxide. It's nanotechnology. Microprocessors that are three nanometers in size. For now, for now, we kind of had a choice because if, if you have injections that are actually operating systems, you look at the patent applications and you look at the funding that they receive by DARPA. I can't believe how many people don't know what DARPA is. So I was talking to a gentleman who's 66 years old. 66 years old the other day, and he didn't know what DARPA was. I couldn't help it. I, I tried to be respectful, but I said, how can you not know what DARPA is? He goes, I've never heard of it. And his wife, who's 64, she goes, yeah, I've never heard of it. I said, DARPA is the, the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA. That's part of the, I said, it's like the scientific division of the Pentagon. They have Black budgets, you know, they, they have funding, but they, they they can't be audited. And they have military facilities that are heavily guarded, like you can't fly over them in your Cessna, or you can't four-wheel. If you do, some guys show up, security shows up, says you're trespassing. You know, that that's all DARPA. Well, DARPA gives out grants. So these pharmaceutical companies got these grants years back to develop what they're calling these pharmaceutical formulations, they're operating systems that DARPA funded. Well, what they do is they encode, they change your DNA. And there's no reversing it. So there's a lot of people that have willingly, no gun was held to their head, but they, they took a technology that altered their DNA permanently. Well, that altered DNA will pick up the second movie streaming and not be able to pick up the first movie streaming. 
the one comes from counter space. Is, is this making any sense, this illustration? So that's what's going on. Now, there are a large percentage of individuals that if, if you came flat out and said, here's the situation. We have technologies. We'll, we'll alter your DNA. and We've got implants, brain chips or whatever, that Elon Musk and Intel, IBM, they've all been talking about. It's been in scientific literature. Look, we've got uh, chemical injections and we have implants. And this will help you interface with the metaverse. Virtual reality, uh, ready player one type existence. There will be tens of millions of people lined up going, oh, hell yeah, sign me up. Sign me up. This is fantastic. You mean I can have this avatar, Star Wars, Star Trek type reality, this 3D metaverse? They will, they'll be sleeping out in tents. You remember back in the day when the new Apple iPhones and you had people camping out like two days in front of a Best Buy or something to get the 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 next Apple and you're like what the what are they nuts and they're like oh they and then they're on YouTube or something like that going oh, I got the new Apple iPhone four or five uh, you know it's the features and they're all excited and, oh you know I, I there's only they only made five thousand gold I was able to get a gold one a gold color I, whatever those people there's millions of them millions of them they'll be free. you don't have to hold any gun to their head they'll, they'll be clamoring to interface with the virtual reality world. The question is, if, if there's some that want to remain organic, want to remain original organic, let's say, for example, I fit in that category, there, there's, a, there's a possibility that there will not be an option available for people to remain organic. That the world technocracy and laws, you will be mandated to have these technologies or these procedures and you must participate in this metaverse this virtual reality world now we're at a situation where wait a minute where's your authority coming from and are you being godlike you're not allowing me to be organic anymore with an unadulterated dna connected to the sun connected to nature connected to divine i must participate in this metaverse, virtual reality, and they're like, yes, it's happening. So th that's where it's coming. How far away are we? I don't know, two years, six years? But that line in the sand is coming. Then what are they going to do? They're, are they going to execute? You know, we need to delete, turn you into Soylent Green, all those that want to remain organic. And we're doing that because we have these Boston Dynamic robots and we have AI, so we'll hunt you down and turn you into a green cracker. That's basically the language that's being spoken at the World Economic Forum and all these green initiatives, and that's what they're saying. They're just using fancier words. So you, you tell me how you think this is going to go down. I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Until next episode, this gives you a lot to consider. I always, what do I always recommend? I recommend that uh, you get out in nature, be grounded, try to resist the Silicon Valley technologies, the smartphones and the Wi-Fi and the computers, and television, streaming, all that electronics. If you can get to your seven to eight hertz, 
which is your, your camping, your canoeing, mountain climbing, mountain bike riding, whatever it might be. That's what I always recommend. That's our original design. We, we do much better in that environment. You get away from the big cities and the airports and all the noise and chaos and get down to that eight hertz, seven to eight hertz and reconnect to the divine and recalibrate, reset your DNA. To me, that's, that's when you're the healthiest. Your cells are at ease. They're not in a state of dis-ease or disease. And then get your gut biome real good, as best available, fruits and vegetables and fermented foods, your sauerkrauts and your drinks, your teas that have been fermented to build up good gut biome, your yogurts and so forth. Not that I'm a nutritionist or some type of life coach, but you get the point. That's what I always recommend. So until next episode, take care, get grounded, get out in nature.